This is Bully Pulpit on Mortification of Spin with Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird, a weekly podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. We can only continue Mortification of Spin with your support. Visit mortificationofspin.org to make a donation or call 1-800-488-1888. The Mortification of Spin hosts take on the issue of pastoral plagiarism and, as usual, pull no punches. The problematic practice of plagiarism is on the rise. Listen as the vagabonds discuss further charges of plagiarism from popular Christian pastors and offer some sound advice on the topic. After the podcast, keep listening. I'll be giving you information on how to download a free MP3 message. Okay, so Todd, Carl, mm-hmm. I have a little bit of a, um, a question for you too. Yes. Well, you know, Father's Day is right around the corner. I think when this podcast airs, it, it will have passed us. And I'm trying to think of what to get Matt for Father's Day. And so I get this email from Pinterest with Father's Day ideas on it. And, you know, I'm noticing a change. You know, you two have voted me in as one of the guys. And I'm looking at these gift ideas. And I'm just not thinking they're very manly. So I wanted to shoot a on couple Pinch- of these on by Pinterest, you guys. really? Yes, on <laughs> Pinterest. Well, that's Can you shocker. believe that? Yeah, yeah. Well, keep going then. Okay, yeah. so I'm thinking that Matt probably doesn't want a baseball glove oven mitt. Ooh. What do you guys think? Well, what possible use would a guy, <laughs> guy have for a baseball <laughs> oven mitt? <laughs> okay, well, here's another one. What I think they're trying to get a little more manly, but I'm pretty sure Matt doesn't want to carry his six pack of beer around in a wooden beer caddy. A wooden beer caddy. Yes. I'm thinking that that might look a little ridiculous showing up to the get-together with a clunky uh, wooden (laughs) beer caddy. Well, of course, it would be useless for me because I live in Pennsylvania, the land of the free, where you can only buy beer in (laughs) multiples of 24. That's right. That's right. You have to get it on the black market in Pennsylvania. I'd need a truck to carry mine around. (laughs) How about natural tree branch coasters? Oh. <laughs> Tom, like, I, I don't know sense. if I've yeah, ever exactly. seen my husband actually use a coaster before unless we're at someone else's house oh, nice. you see this is why I think Todd will never allow me to enter his house because he's got all this natural tree stuff around <laughs> everything I have is crocheted Yes. <laughs> oh there are a pair of crocheted tank slippers oh my gosh <laughs> wow Wow. That's, that's and bad. then there's my favorite the beer holster like like you literally wear it on your waist. Yes, it looks like a gun holster, <laughs> except for it's for your beer. Nice. Todd, Todd could go for that, I'm sure. I've, I've, I've already got the beer helmet, where you put a can on your helmet and the straw <laughs> comes down. You know, that's all I need. Well, I actually think there's one that is a good idea, but it's only if you have little kids. Mm-hmm. It is a T-shirt, and on the back of the T-shirt, it actually has one of those car maps, like with the roads and little towns and stuff. Right. So while dad is taking a nap on his stomach, his son can be like giving him a back massage and playing at the same time with his matchbox cars. <laughs> that's that's weird. <laughs> yes. That 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 image is gonna live with me for a long time. Exactly. I'm exactly. <laughs> I and, thought and, that uh, one was a clever one. And, well, one of the things that bothers me is I, I think I might actually like that. I know. So I'm I'm gonna have to think on that one for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, Carl, what are we really talking about today? Well, we're uh, we we 
noticed last week an article uh, in the Religion News on the problem of plagiarism among pastors, particularly focusing on claims made uh, against an individual called Craig Groeschel. I looked up Craig Groeschel's Wikipedia article, of course, Wikipedia being an absolute source of all world truth and reading the article made you know, i love this guy already i mean here is a, a classic line from it uh, groeschel began using video to deliver some of his sermons when his fourth child was born in 2001 and he was unavailable for the sunday service isn't that absolutely fantastic you know you're too busy as a pastor to be yeah. there for the sunday service so you video yourself rather than getting somebody else to preach for you uh, love the guy already yeah. well last week he popped up on on religion news and he's being accused of recycling material mm. uh, that was published uh, elsewhere uh, particularly in a, a, ma- a now defunct magazine called The Door. Uh, material was allegedly taken by Groeschel and used in a sermon and in a book entitled Love, Sex and Happily Ever After. Hmm. And this raises some interesting questions. Uh, when I taught at the University of uh, Nottingham, I was the exams officer for the Department of, Divin- of Theology there for a while, and we had plagiarism case. And... You know, plagiarism can be philosophically complicated as an issue. Uh, it's a little bit like obscenity in that uh, it can be difficult to define, but obvious when you see it. Uh, and the use of somebody else's material is, it, it, it can be complicated. I mean, every pastor or every competent pastor is preparing his sermons from the Bible, but also using commentaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very few of us get into the pulpit on a Sunday and make observations on a text that are original with ourselves. We we learn from others. That's part and parcel of what it is to be a pastor. But there comes a point at which I think you're crossing the line from uh, legitimately drawing from the writings of others for ideas and actually trying to pass those ideas, even sometimes anecdotes and even, even word Linguistic mm-hmm. forms offers your own, and really they've been taken from somebody else. I mean, Todd, you've been in the preaching game much longer than I have. Uh, do you have comments or thoughts mm-hmm. on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, clearly you're going to be influenced by by people that you read, but I, I think I think a preacher is going to instinctively know when, obviously, when he's quoting someone. If if, if you just lift words out, that's just dishonest. It's unethical. But also, if if I'm, if I'm communicating an idea that's unique enough that I would not have come up with it, I need to at least give credit to a commentator or a theologian that I read, even if I'm not quoting him, to at least say, you know, I was reading so-and-so, or, or I was reading a terrific commentary on this, and the author basically says such-and-such. Um, I, I need to at least give that sort of attribution, um, and, and to not do that is um, th- there's dishonesty to it. There's um, there's also I think a sense of pride to 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 try to impress um, with my with my ideas um, when they're not actually my my own. But it it it, it can be easy, and, and a pastor needs to 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 watch himself and to to scrutinize. Is is this an idea that I'm lifting here that, quite honestly, I, I I would have never arrived at apart from 
somebody else's help, and if so, I ought to I don't I ought to at least acknowledge that in in a general sense. Yeah, yeah, and I think the issue of of anecdotes. You do come across these stories of pastors telling stories about experiences they've had. Yeah, and it's somebody else's experience. Exactly, and yeah. and interestingly enough, you mentioned Craig Rochelle. I don't know. It's been about. Mm, six years ago or so, maybe seven years ago, a, a church planter down south made some news and, and got around the internet because he had b- borrowed directly from Craig Rochelle, um, even to the, to the uh, extreme of taking a personal story about his own life that Craig Rochelle told from the pulpit, and this guy repeating it as his own yeah. personal story. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just beyond the pale. Um, yeah, yeah. That really is. I remember even being a teenager, sitting under the preached word and thinking, "Wow, my pastor really has an interesting illustration in every sermon." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wondered, where did he get all those mm-hmm. from? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and what I do think you think about bring... that? I mean, should you cite that? Well, I think you bring up a really good point there, which is, I think preachers feel a lot of pressure to come up with something unique and funny and engaging, and our sermons ought to be engaging. We're dealing with the Word of God, after all. But um, the pressure to have a great illustration, I think that pressure drives a lot of guys mm-hmm. to end up lifting stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's dangerous. Are there out there of just pastoral illustrations? Oh, sure, learning? sure. And, 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 and in some cases, that's fine if it's an illustration from... You know, somebody who was on the Titanic did this, but but when it comes to, you know, when I was on the Titanic, then then, <laughs> we're, then we start getting into a, a problem there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, One yeah, of the you've lost the congregation. Right, right. One of the interesting comments or, or observations in this article is the is the suggestion or, or raised almost in the form of a question as to whether plagiarism is becoming a more forgivable sin. Yes. Uh, Amy, what do you think about that? Well, you know, I've had some conversations with uh, people about this, and there are a lot of people who think, oh, um, we're just making too big of a deal about this now. I've even, and so one person was telling me that, you know, I I know pastors that will put in the bulletin, um, they'll cite where they, you know, researched for their sermon and everything else, and and they thought that was going overboard, which I thought was kind of helpful. But then from that extreme, then I've also read the argument that, you know, behind the pulpit, it's God's word, not man's word. So sermons are not personal property. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's both true and false in, in sort right. of equal measures. Um, you know, personal anecdotes are private property in, in a sense. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the, the, the forgivable nature of plagiarism is connected, one, to the, the profile of some of the people who engaged in it, Mark Driscoll. Right. Uh, these allegations about Craig Groeschel. Uh, these are men with huge followings, and it's very difficult for people to believe the brand is fundamentally corrupt. Right. Um, secondly, I think, as with all uh, examples of theft, which is what plagiarism is, uh, theft can seem like a victimless crime if it's mm. not your property being stolen. Mm. Right. You know, it's it's only the, the lord of the manor who objects to uh, his deer being poached. Um, the people in the village might see the poacher as a romantic figure. Uh, It's only when it's your property that's being plundered. And I think certainly as an academic, with my background training as an academic, plagiarism is the supreme sin. 
uh, I think in the academic world, you could murder your wife and, <laughs> and still be taken seriously as an academic. You could not plagiarize and be taken seriously as an academic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's considered that serious in the academic mm-hmm. world. And, you know, tragically, as is so often the case, uh, uh, evangelicalism, big church evangelicalism has much lower standards around right. the, the pagan world out there. Right, right. I think and you're I, also helping yeah. out the congregation if you reference books that it might sure. be a great way to get them to read right. or to look it, further into it or to know what, what you're reading. Yeah. yeah, and and I've I've actually done that quite a bit on particular sermon series where I have listed in a in a bulletin, for instance, for that very reason, Amy, um, the books yeah. I'm using, the commentaries I'm yeah. using, yeah. so that if people want to um, go in depth themselves, uh, yeah, that's or, or if they're teaching a Sunday school class on that book of the Bible, uh, to use some of the same materials I'm I'm using, I'm I'm, you know, I, I I make no bones about the fact that I have to stand on the shoulders of scholars when I'm doing my preparation uh, for for sermons. Um, now that said, um, I'm not lifting other people's sermons and um, just adding a few of my own illustrations. And I think that there's a there, there may be an epidemic of that in the church. I mean, I, I hear a lot of pastors just kind of joking openly about the number of people they know that just go to Desiring God and take John Piper's sermons and just adapt them a little bit. I think there's probably a lot more of that going on. Well, that kind of leads to another question, and that is, is it ever okay to preach an entire borrowed sermon, even if you do cite it? Um, I I, I would imagine that that there could be an occasion where, as you say, this is so-and-so's sermon, or I heard this man preached the sermon, and it's so good that um, I maybe tweaked it a little bit, but I'm essentially preaching the same sermon. At least there's integrity there of saying this is somebody else's material. That said, um, I can only Im- I, I, I guess I could imagine a very narrow justification for that if, if I worked at it. The point being that pastors are to give themselves to the ministry of the Word. Yeah. And right. if anything else I'm doing is keeping me from the preparation that I ought to be doing to feed God's people on the Lord's day, um, then I need to reorder my priorities because my ministry is first of all to be about the ministry of the word and prayer. Yeah. If you're too busy to prepare your Sunday sermon, you're too busy. Right. Get another job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, it might be an occasion to do that on like a Wednesday night or something like that too. Mm -hmm. Sure. Some other kind of format. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been an interesting discussion on a topic that I think is unlikely to go away. This is a problem that is only just starting to emerge because a few high-profile pastors are being caught doing it. Uh, One imagines that the problem is not restricted simply to the the great and the famous, but probably goes right the way down to the, the grassroots of the Christian church. And it's something that congregations, elders... Uh, the culture of evangelicalism in general is going to have to come to terms with. So it's been a great pleasure to uh, be able to discuss this. I hope you found the podcast uh, helpful. Please visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, where you'll find other podcasts, other casual conversations about things that count. And uh, while Todd goes off to get his brownies out of the oven using his uh, (laughs) baseball Uh, mitt shaped (laughs) oven gloves Uh, I'm going to grab hold of my wooden 
uh, beer holster or whatever it is and, <laughs> and go out and, and uh, get me some drink. Perfect. See you next time. This has been a Bully Pulpit from Mortification of Spin, the podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Remember to visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, where you can sign up for a chance to win a free message on preaching from Joel Beakey entitled, Calvinistic Experimental Preaching. Mortification of Spin is a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Alliance ministries include Reformation21.org, the Bible Study Hour, and events held from Florida to Sacramento. To learn more about the Alliance, visit AllianceNet.org or call 800-488-1888. We can only continue to bring you Mortification of Spin with your support. To make a donation, please visit mortificationofspin.org or call 800-488-1888. Please join the gang again next week. And don't forget to download your free MP3 message. Baseball glove oven mitt, wooden beer caddy, natural tree branch coasters, crocheted tank slippers, the beer holster, a t-shirt. And on the back of the t-shirt, it actually has one of those car maps, like with the roads and little towns and stuff. So while dad is taking a nap on his stomach, his son can be like giving him a back massage and playing at the same time with his matchbox cars. (laughs)